This morning, as we kind of step into a new year, we've kind of, for the last several years, usually take the first Sunday of the year, and we kind of call it Vision Sunday, and we kind of cast vision. Uh, we, we usually take some time to kind of look back over what God has done in the past year, and we try to look ahead into what God is going to do in this coming year. And this year, we're going to tweak that just a little bit. We're going to share some victories from the past, and we're going to look ahead in the future. Uh, but this morning, I want to challenge you to do something. In just a second, uh, we're going to take a little 60-second opportunity to reflect. And this is what I want to challenge you to do. I want you to think about 2021. I want you to think about the last 12 months of your life. And uh, maybe 2021 was a challenging year. Maybe it was a great year. Maybe it was the worst year of your life. Maybe it was the best year of your life. I'm not really sure. But this is what I know. We have a natural tendency that when we think back, we tend to remember the problems, the challenges, and the difficulties, right? We kind of think back and we remember how hard it was and how difficult it was and how this went wrong and how that didn't work out. But let me just challenge you to do something today. The good news of the gospel is simply this. The fact that you're still here today and you're still standing tells me something. You know what it tells me? It tells me that, yes, you probably had challenges, difficulties, and problems last year, but you also had breakthrough. You also had blessing, and you also had victory because you're still standing. Come on, somebody. You're still here today, and the fact that you're still here is evidence that God showed up in your life last year, and 2021 may have been a challenging year, but it was also an amazing year that God did great things in your life. And so I want us to do something this morning. If you're a note taker and you got our little handout when you came in this morning, just flip that over on the back. If you're using our Liberty Church app, uh, you can open it up there and it actually has a note section. If you're watching online, you might can just grab a piece of paper out of the junk drawer. I know you got one of those, right? Go to that junk drawer, grab you a piece of paper out of there, get something off the counter. And this is what we're going to do. We're literally going to put a 60-second timer up on the screen. And for the next 60 seconds, I want you to think about 2021. And I want you to write down the breakthroughs, the blessings, and the victories that God did in your life. So I want you to participate with me this morning, okay? Let's think back and let's reflect for just a moment on what God has done in our lives. So here we go. Let's hit our timer, and you are going to be ready to go right now. And I think there is music that plays with that. Praise the Lord. Well, you did it. <laughs> you took 60 seconds, and this is what I want you to recognize something. I want you to recognize that if you participated in that for a moment, you just identified the hand of God at work in your life. 
You just literally identified areas in your life where God showed up and where God showed out in your life. And that is huge. And let me tell you why it's huge. It's huge because we tend to remember the problems and not the blessings. And here's what I want you to see. I want you to look at this first point on your outline this morning because I think there's something powerful about reflection. When we take time to reflect on the past, God gives us insight into our future. When we take time to reflect on our past, God gives us insight into our future. So I want to challenge you to do something. We took 60 seconds today. I want to challenge you to take some time this week and maybe take 15 minutes, maybe take 30 minutes, maybe take an hour, I'm not sure, but literally set a timer on your phone and just begin to reflect back on what God did in your life this past year. Think about it physically. Maybe physically, maybe you battled through some COVID or maybe you battled through some sickness. But you know what? The victory of the Lord is, is that God healed you and God saved you and God brought you out on the other side. Relationally, maybe you had some breakthroughs this year. Maybe you got married. Maybe you had your first child. Maybe you had your first grandchild. Financially, maybe you got a new job this past year. Maybe you got a raise. Maybe you got out of debt. Spiritually, maybe you experienced some breakthrough. Maybe you overcame some past hurts and mistakes that were in your life. Maybe you conquered some fear and some insecurities in your life. Maybe you joined our dream team and you said, hey, I want to serve and make a difference like Josh over here who started ushering just a couple months Ago, right? So just think about that. What are some of the things that God did in your life? And really take some time to reflect because this is what I'm learning, right? So I just turned 50 years old in December last month, and, and so I feel like I've got a little bit of maturity under my belt now. And this is what I'm learning with maturity. The, the, when, when you get a little maturity under your belt, you begin to recognize the value of reflection. See, when you're young, you're always running ahead to the next thing. And, and when we talk about starting a brand new year, 2022, right? Everybody's got New Year's resolutions and the world is celebrating new goals and new visions and everything you see on social media is telling you how you can get in shape and lose weight, right? Click and subscribe. Because this is a brand new year for a brand new you. And you can begin again. Let me tell you something great about the gospel is you don't have to start over. You can actually build upon what God has already done. See, if you take time to reflect upon what God has done in the past, it will give you insight into what God wants to do in your future. Because when I think back over 2021, yeah, I recognize there are some mistakes and some challenges and some decisions that I made that were not the best decisions for my life. And guess what I can do? I can learn from those mistakes. How many of you can look back and say, hey, there's probably a couple things I need to learn from last year? Just one honest person in the house. Praise God. I'm glad to see a spirit of honesty break out in here. I'm like, if y'all are all that perfect, I need to follow you around. See, the realization we all made some choices and decisions we wish we could redo. And guess what? I can't redo what I did, but I can learn from yesterday's mistakes. If I take long enough to reflect on it, learn from it, and now apply the truth of God's Word to my life, I can build upon the mistakes of yesterday so I can have success today. 
But not only can I build on the mistakes of yesterday, but I can actually look back and I can reflect on the success, the victories, and the breakthroughs, and the blessings of God in my life. And I can actually build on those victories so I can continue to go to a new level of life in Christ. And so I want to challenge you to take some time to reflect on the past year so God can give you insight into this coming year that we don't just run into it like the rest of the world throwing out all these casual resolutions because everybody says this is what we ought to do and what we ought to say and the goals we ought to pursue. What if you actually took time to get a word from God so that you could actually build upon last year so that you could make this year the best year of your life. Now, I'm excited because next Sunday we're going to begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting. You've been hearing about it all morning. And one of the exciting things about it, the book by Mark Batterson that we're going to do, let me encourage you, you need to go out there and purchase it today. Before you go to bed tonight, order that thing on Amazon or wherever you get your books at. Get it to your house this week. We're going to begin next Sunday working through that 30-day devotional as we kickstart our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And the heartbeat behind the book is how to make or break a habit. And what's exciting about that is, is what's going to happen over the next 21 days or 30 days as we go into that is what's going to happen is that we're all going to hopefully identify some personal goals that we want to accomplish in our life, some personal things, maybe some habits we need to break, some habits that we need to create in our life so we can live the life that God has called us to live. And that is exciting and that is awesome. But I want to remind us of something because I believe as we step into a new year, 2022, I believe there are two things that are critical for us living the life God's called us to live. The first one is we got to live on mission, and we're going to talk about that. And the second one, we got to live with margin so that we can live the life that God has called us to live. So let me just remind you, as you begin to think about, Lord, what am I praying for? What am I fasting for? What are some personal goals? What are the habits that I need to make or break this year? I want to challenge you to recognize something, that if your personal goals, hear this, if your personal goals do not connect you to God's mission, then you need to change your goals. If your personal goals do not connect you to God's mission, you need to change your goals. Let me say it like this. If your personal accomplishments do not produce kingdom advancement, you need to change your personal accomplishments. Because I mean, you know, we live in a self-centered, self-seeking, self-serving, self-promoting, selfie world. And it's all about self-promotion. It's all about self-advancement. It's all about self-centered gratification. And if your, self, if your personal accomplishments don't produce kingdom advancement, then you're missing the mark. So let's talk about what that really looks like today in our life. But before we kind of jump into that, let me celebrate with you some wins today. So 2021 was an amazing year at Liberty Church. And, and, and I just want to remind you, we are one church with one vision with multiple locations. Amen? One church, one vision, multiple locations. So I'm going to give you some wins, some of the victories. And let me just go ahead and say, if you're a ministry leader here in the church today, I did not highlight every ministry. There wasn't enough time. But I want to hit some of the highlights and just share with you some of the great things that God did in 2021. Last year, we saw 139 decisions for Christ. That's 139 people that are not going to hell. 
Think about that. That's 139 people that are not going to hell. That's 139 people that got born again. That's 139 people that made a commitment or a recommitment that they wanted to follow Jesus with their heart and with their life. We had our first baptism last year from an online salvation. We had somebody get saved watching at home and showed up at church the next Sunday and said, I want to get baptized. Come on, somebody. That's good news. We had 56 people find freedom through our encounter retreats last year. Five of those were a part of our first online encounter. And during that first online encounter, we had people represented from three different states that went through our first online encounter last year. We had 100 people who strengthened their families through our second annual Merge Family Conference this past year. We had 84 people take the next step through our connection track. That's what you hear about every Sunday, that little three-step quick connect on how you can not only become a member of Liberty Church, but how you can begin to serve and use the gifts and talents that God has given you to make a difference. 84 people took that step last year. We had 352 people attend at least one small group last year. 352 people took a step of faith to say, hey, I want to test the waters of what it means to get out of the roles and get into circles where I can begin to grow and build relationships. 352 people took that step of faith last year. We launched our Lots of Liberty Christmas show this year, which is simply sowing seeds of hope and drawing people back to the heart of the gospel, and I'm excited about what's to come with that. We launched our Liberty Church app, right? Our Liberty Church app, we had 625 downloads this past year of our Liberty Church app. If you haven't got it, you need to get it. It's every Everything, Jesus, everything, Liberty Church, and it's a place where you can connect and grow and access everything that we're doing here in the church. Our online campus, listen to this, our online campus and our social media ministry, last year we had almost 30,000 videos viewed online. 29,800 and something. Almost 30,000 videos viewed online for a total watch time. Listen to this. A total watch or viewing time of 3,783 hours of viewing time last year online. And I kind of broke that down so numbers kind of catch my curiosity every now and then. So that equals 24 hours a day nonstop for 157 days of viewing. Think about that. For 157 days of constant viewing, that's how much content was consumed last year through our online campus and our social media outlets. Celebrate Recovery, we served 2,652 meals last year, free meals through our Celebrate Recovery ministry. Come on. We also celebrated recovery with over 400 people last year through Celebrate Recovery. We gave away 200 blue chips. And if you've never been to Celebrate Recovery, a blue chip is that starter chip. It's that chip that says, I'm going to begin today to walk out my recovery. 200 people last year took a blue chip and said, hey, I'm going to start today living the life that God's called me to live. And I want to come out of the bondage that I found myself in and live the life that God has for me. We had 26 people. Come on. 
26 people get a 30-day chip, 24 people get a 60-day chip, 52 people get a 90-day chip, 48 people get a six-month chip, 50 people get a nine-month chip. All of those are sobriety numbers that they've hit, and they mark over 400 people, not to mention we gave away one-year chips, we gave away two-year chips. I think we even gave away a 15-year chip last year of people that are walking out their freedom in Christ. Come on, somebody. That's worth celebrating. We also gave away, listen to this number, $24,577, $24,577 worth of backpacks, shoes, and coats last year to the kids in our community investing in them. Our local outreach ministry that we do to meet the needs of local families, we gave away $18,000 last year. And each of those families not only received financial help, but they also met with one of our counselors where they were prayed for and heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just a couple weeks before Christmas, one of our counselors was uh, meeting with a couple, a lady that we were going to help, uh, had to work and couldn't come pick up her check. And she, she called the office and she said, can I send my daughter and my son to get the check? because we need to pay the electric bill, but I've got to work today and I can't get off work to come get it. And so Miss Anita said, yes, send them on. So a 21-year-old daughter and an 18-year-old son showed up to the church. They went in and met with the counselor. And as the counselor began to talk with them and pray with them, this is what they found out. They've never been to church. They've never read the Bible. And they don't know anything about God except that there is one. And before those two young people walked out of the office that day, they both prayed to accept Jesus Christ and make him their Lord and their Savior. Think about that. 21 years old, 18 years old, growing up in Arab, Alabama. Never been to church, never read the Bible, don't know anything about God. And they're growing up in the Bible Belt. We need the gospel, guys. Come on, somebody. How good it is that we are meeting needs and celebrating life. Just a couple weeks ago, literally about two weeks before Christmas also, we were able to pay off the debt on this building. $787,000 of debt paid off. Listen to this. <clears throat> paid off 17 years early. 17 years early. Praise the Lord. So our Arab campus is now debt-free, and I just want to say praise God. Come on, let's praise Him one more time. For those are just a little bit of the small things that God has done this year. I want to praise God, and I want to thank you. Kelly and I count it our greatest honor and our greatest joy to be your pastors, to serve you and work with you and walk alongside you in this thing we call Christianity. And what a blessing, come on, it is to be a part of the body of Christ. We love you guys. So today, let's talk about mission for a minute. I've got 15 minutes <laughs> to wrap this thing up so somebody say, help him Jesus. It ain't going to happen. Come on, here we go. So let's talk about, as we dive into this thing, let's talk about how significant mission and margin are to us living the life God has for us. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this. It says, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. How many of you are thankful for that today? 
I'm so thankful that God was in Christ not condemning the world. God was in Christ not judging the world. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting our sins against us, but forgiving us. And then look what it says. And he gave us, me and you, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, if you've experienced the amazing grace of Jesus Christ, God has given to me and you the wonderful message of reconciliation. Verse 20, so we are Christ's ambassadors. We are sent by God. We are representatives of Jesus Christ in the earth. And God is making his appeal, listen to that, through us. How is God appealing to the world today? How is God reaching the world today? How is God touching the world today? God is making his appeal through us. The church, the body of Christ, the born-again believers, those who have been bought with a price. Come on, somebody. How many know you're no longer your own? You lost your right to rule your life when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He owns you. Paul said, I've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in my body and my spirit, which belong to the Lord. So we are Christ's ambassadors, and God is making his appeal through us. So we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Look at that next point on your outline. So as ambassadors for Christ, as representatives of Jesus, as those who are sent by God, purchased by his blood, we are empowered, we are anointed, and we are resourced by God to accomplish God's mission, not ours. Jesus came to win souls, make disciples, and destroy the works of the enemy. And his mission is our mission. His mission is our mission. And your position is your platform for the mission. What does that mean? Your position is your platform for the mission. The reality is simply this. We all have a unique part to play in what God is doing in the earth. And your position is your platform. What's your position? Well, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe you're a homeschooling mom. Maybe you're an entrepreneur. Maybe you're a construction worker. Maybe you're the CEO of a company. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're a pastor. Maybe as Pastor Ian is, is a bug man. That's what he says. I kill bugs for a living, he says. Maybe you're a bug man. I don't know what your position in life is, but this is what I know. Your position is your platform. Your position is your platform for the mission of God to be accomplished in the earth. Again, let me say it again. Your personal accomplishments are intended to produce kingdom advancements. Your position is your platform. And here's the challenge. The challenge is, is if we don't begin to live with mission, then we begin to squander the life that God has given us to live. Look with me in Matthew 28. I want you to see this. It's called the Great Commission. Matthew 28, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What's awesome about this scripture, it's called the Great Commission. Why? Because Jesus is commissioning us. He is inviting us to be a part of his mission on the earth. Why? Because we are now ambassadors for Christ, and his mission is our mission. And my position creates a platform for the mission of God to be advanced in the earth. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me, therefore go 
into all the world and make disciples. That little phrase, therefore go, literally means this, as you go. As you go. As you go home and homeschool your kids, make disciples. As you go to work tomorrow and build the business, make disciples. As you create new ideas and new opportunities for other businesses, make disciples. As you, as you mow the grass and fold the laundry and take out the garbage, make disciples. As you go, whatever your position is your platform, and whatever your platform is an opportunity for the mission of God to be advanced in your life. The good news of the gospel is I don't have to change careers in order to serve God. I just got to recognize that my career is my platform, that my life is my platform, that my position as a husband or a father or a pastor or a construction worker or an entrepreneur or a business builder or a CEO or a CFO doesn't matter what my position it is. Is now my platform in order to fulfill his mission. And God is not opposed to personal accomplishment. As a matter of fact, he's in favor of it. God wants you to be the best of the best so that your life can shine the light of Christ into a world of darkness so that you can, through your personal accomplishments, create kingdom advancements. But if you don't have sight of mission... All of that gets fuzzy. Look at that next point on your outline. Mission connects us. It connects us to the kingdom of God. It focuses our time, energy, and money on the eternal things of God. Mission turns ordinary things into supernatural adventures. This morning, we celebrated the fact that we're getting to partner with a ministry in Kentucky and help make a difference, right, in tornado relief as we raise money to touch the needs of people around the world. And what's exciting about that is an individual in our church just simply sent a text message to a guy he had met a couple years ago that he sold a car to and said, hey, Merry Christmas. And that ordinary act of simply saying Merry Christmas turned into a supernatural encounter where God began to connect the dots where now people in Arab, Alabama are partnering with people in Kentucky to make a difference in the lives of people that are struggling whose lives were destroyed by a tornado. Why? Because when you live with mission. All of a sudden, ordinary things become supernatural adventures that God invites us to. But here's the challenge. The challenge is to make sure that God's mission always stays in focus. That it always stays as the backdrop of what we're doing. That everything that we do is filtered through the image of the mission of Jesus Christ to win souls, make disciples, destroy the works of the enemy. When the mission gets fuzzy, listen to this, our lives get distorted. When the mission gets fuzzy, our lives get distorted. What happens is if we're not careful, we'll climb the ladder of success to realize the ladder was leaning up against the wrong wall. And what we thought was great things ended up being temporal things with no eternal value. God wants you to climb the ladder of success. He just wants you to make sure you've got the ladder leaned up on the right wall. He wants you to make sure that your success is connected to his mission and is advancing his kingdom because you don't belong to yourself. He bought you with a price. You are now an ambassador sent to represent the king of kings. Look in Revelations chapter 3, a great scripture, Revelations 3. The Bible says this, write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. 
This is the message from the one who is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things that you do that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you're like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Look at verse 17. This is a huge verse. He says, you say, I am rich and have everything I want and I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Now, I want you to think about something. The Holy Spirit gave me a revelation. He said, Keith, he said, these people aren't lukewarm because they weren't doing anything. As a matter of fact, these people were very successful people. They were overachievers. They were accomplishing things. They were fulfilling things. They had vision. They had dream. They had passion. They were lukewarm, not because they weren't doing anything. They were lukewarm because they were focused on the wrong things. They were lukewarm because they had lost sight of the mission and vision of God. Think about this. They thought they were rich. They thought they didn't need anything. They thought they had everything they wanted. And then God says, you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're naked, and you're blind. They had climbed the ladder of success. We're rich. We got everything we need, and we don't want for anything. Praise God, I'm successful. God says, yes, you're successful, but you climbed the wrong ladder. Yes, you're successful, but you are actually pursuing things that have no eternal value. Nothing wrong with the ladder you climbed. You just laid it on the wrong mission. And they lost sight of the mission. Look, look at the very next verse. Look what God says to them. He says, so I advise you. Here's God's advice for lukewarm people that are successful but not mission-minded. Here's his advice for them. I want you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire and then you will be rich. I want you to buy white garments from me so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness. And I want you to buy ointment for your eyes from me so that you will be able to see. You know what God says? He said, here's the remedy for your lukewarm life. It's not that you keep succeeding. I want you to succeed. I want you to climb the ladder. I want you to accomplish goals. I want you to be the best of the best of the best. But I want you to buy from me. The riches that matter. I want you to clothe yourself with the things that matter. I want you to anoint your eyes so you can see the mission and the vision that I have for the earth. Because I've called you out and I've called you up so that your personal accomplishments produce kingdom advancements. So be the best. Just make sure you're being the best with the right mission in mind. It can't be just about self. Because if we're not careful, we'll get to the end of our lives and we'll say, Wow, I was rich. I had everything I wanted. And I didn't need anything. And God will say, You were wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Not because what you did was wrong. But because the mission behind your madness disconnected you instead of connected you to the kingdom of God. So we got to live with mission. Let me just challenge you thinking for just a minute. How many of you have ever heard of an amazing lady? Her name is Corey Ten Boom. Corey Ten Boom. If you've never heard of her, you need to Google Corey Ten Boom and find out a little bit about her life. Corey Ten Boom made this statement. She said, if the devil can't make us bad, 
he will make us busy. If the devil can't make us bad, he will make us busy. And how many of you know people are busy today? <laughs> you talk to people, how you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Man, what's going on, man? We're just busy. We're running from here to there and from there to here and from there to this. And we are busy, 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 busy people. And this is what I know about most Christians. As a matter of fact, all the Christians that I know, this is what I know about all the Christians I know, including myself. All the Christians I know want to live on mission. They want to win souls, make disciples, destroy the works of the devil. They want their life to matter, not just for the temporal, but for the eternal. But they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed by the daily struggle and pressure of life. And they are busy. Successful, but busy. Productive, but busy. Excited, but busy. They love God, but they're busy. And their lives are so full that there is what we're going to talk about, no margin in their lives. So let's talk about the flip side of mission. Look at that next point. See, I believe the key to mission is margin. The key to mission is margin. What is margin? Margin is the space between where one thing stops and another thing starts. Margin is the time, energy, and resources required to accomplish the vision. Remember when you were in elementary school and you, you had that little paper and you, you moved up? Remember when you moved up to the, to the, to the white paper? Remember when you were a little kid you had the wide paper and then you got the tall paper? Maybe they still use that. I don't know. I had not been a while since I've been in school. But on the right side, on the left side of the page, there's this little line, and it's called the margin. And if you had a good teacher, they said, whatever you do, don't write in the margin. The margin creates space. The margin eliminates clutter. The margin makes everything that you do visible, readable, and transferable. And all of a sudden, we recognize something. We recognize that the key to mission is margin. If I don't have any space, if I don't have margin in my time, if I don't have margin in my money, if I don't have margin in my relationships, then you know what will happen? I'll just run from one thing to another 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 thing. And I won't fulfill mission because I will be too overwhelmed and distracted, distracted by the busyness of my life. Mission focuses us on what matters, but margin empowers us to do what matters to the best of our ability. Ephesians 5, look what it says, 15 through 17. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So he says, don't be a fool, be wise. And then he tells us how to be wise. Look what he says, verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity. King James says, redeem the time because the days are evil. Make the most of every opportunity. Redeem the time. Why? Because we're living in evil days. We don't have unlimited time. We've got to redeem the time. Look what he says in verse 17. And don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. He says we've got to redeem the time because we're supposed to be living on mission. We're not supposed to be thoughtlessly living our lives, but purposely doing the things that God has called us to do. So let's talk about how important margin is in our lives. Look at that next point. Without margin, you know what happens? You live under constant stress. And people are stressed out. You look at our world, listen to people, they are constantly stressed out. When you, li when you live without margin, you are mentally, emotionally, and physically exhausted. You know what? People are tired. 
They're tired of the running, the rat race from here to there to there to here. They're tired. Think about this. When you have no margin, there's no room for you to think. There's no room for you to pray, and there's no room for you to plan what's next. Without margin, you, your creativity is choked out, and you begin to live from memory instead of creativity. See, what happens in our lives many times because there's no margin, we just keep doing what we've always done because we don't have time to think about what we want to do different. We don't have time to pray about what we want to do different. We don't have time to plan out what we want to do different. So we just keep doing what we've always done, hoping that things will change, and they don't change. Right? Insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. It does not work. So I have to have margin because if not, I don't have any creativity. In the business world, you'll hear business, business gurus make this statement. They'll say, you've got to step back from your business and you've got to stop working in your business long enough to actually work on your business. Guess what? If you want to have a healthy, happy marriage, you've got to step back from working in your marriage and have enough margin to work on your marriage. If you want to have a healthy, happy family, guess what? You've got to stop, step back from working in the family and have time to work on the family. If you want to have a healthy, productive spiritual life and ministry in the kingdom, you've got to stop working in the ministry and step back with time to work on the ministry. And the realization, the only way you can effectively live with mission is you've got to learn how to create margin in every area of your life. A couple years ago, I was complaining to Kelly about my schedule and how full it was and how I didn't have enough time between meetings to do the things I felt like I needed to do. And very nonchalantly, she looked at me and said, well, who makes your schedule? Aren't you the boss? I thought, oh yeah, maybe I am. Guess what? Who makes your schedule? Aren't you the boss? See, you can cop out and say, well, no, everybody else is telling me what to do. No, at the end of the day, you have the final authority of where you spend your time, your energy, and your money. So here's the good news. Look at that next point. Here's the good news. The good news is that every person listening to me today in this room and every person listening to me online this morning has the power and the potential to create margin and live on mission. Every one of us have the power to do that. You are not a victim of your circumstances. You are an overcomer through Christ who gives you strength. Right? Philippians 4.13, the old ten-finger prayer, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do it. Paul said, I learned to be content in every situation. I know how to abase and I know how to abound. I can do whatever I need to do through Christ who gives me strength. Here's the good news of the gospel. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you can create margin and you can live on mission. So look at that next point. So this is why our personal goals, the habits we make and the habits that we break should create margin in our lives. I want to challenge you as we get ready to go on this 21 days of prayer and fasting. I want to challenge you to think about setting a habit or breaking a habit in order to create margin. What would your life, look at the rest of that statement, what would your life look like if you weren't exhausted, rushed, distracted, and stressed financially? What if you actually had time to think, pray, and plan? 
What if you could think, pray, and plan about your relationships? What if you could think, pray, and plan about your finances? What if you could think, pray, and plan about your business? What if you could think, pray, and plan about your spiritual walk with God? What if you had margin? What would your life look like if you weren't constantly rushing from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing without ever having the time to pause and reflect? In the, in the book of Psalms, it's called a Sheila. It means to pause and think about that. We need that margin in our lives. So look at that next point. As we prepare for the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I want to ask you to ask yourself two questions. Here they are. Am I living on mission or have I been distracted? Are you living on mission or have you been distracted? In the natural, are you rich and have everything you want and don't have a need of anything? But in the spiritual, are you wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? Have you lost sight of the mission? Have you lost sight of the fact that you are an ambassador for Christ and that your platform is an opportunity for the mission of God to be advanced? God is cheering for your success. He just wants your personal accomplishments to push kingdom advancement. Have you lost sight of the mission? Second question, what one area in your life needs the most margin? What one area in your life? Because I'm going to just tell you something. Over the next 21 days, you're not going to make and break 10 habits. You're not going to make and break probably three habits, but you can make or break one habit. So what's the one area in your life that you need more margin? Is it, do you need margin in your relationships? Do you need margin in your spiritual life? Do you need margin financially? Do you need margin physically? What is the one area of your life where you need the most margin? Again, margin is not an opportunity to sit around and do nothing. Margin is an opportunity to pause and catch your breath and think and pray and plan about the next thing that God wants to do in your life. You need to identify that. And you need to incorporate that element of margin into your 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let's make and break habits that create margin. Last point, here it is. When we marry margin and mission together, we live a fruitful and fulfilled life. The blessing of margin and the purpose of mission makes every element of our life more enjoyable. A couple weeks before Christmas, Kelly and I went off for for my birthday, and we went up into the mountains, and and I was sitting one morning out on the back deck overlooking the pond, looking at the mountains in North Carolina, and I was doing my quiet time, and I was sitting there doing my quiet time, and this is what I said to the Lord. I said, Lord, I want 2022 to be the most fruitful year of my life. I want it to be the most fruitful year of my life. And immediately, I'm talking immediately, the Holy Spirit said, and I also want it to be the most fulfilling year of your life. And then the Holy Spirit began to tell me this. He said, Keith, think about your kids. He said, you want your kids to be fruitful. You want them to be successful. You want them to accomplish goals and fulfill the dream. And you want them to do the thing that I've called them to do. You want your kids to be fruitful. But he says, you know what? You also want them to be fulfilled. You want them to enjoy the journey. You want them to enjoy their family. You want them to enjoy vacations. You want them to enjoy their job. You want them to enjoy the ministry. You want them to enjoy their lives. He said, it's great. I want you to be fruitful, but I also want you to be fulfilled. And this is what I'm beginning to recognize. I'm beginning to recognize when I marry mission and margin together, all of a sudden when mission and margin are working together, every element of my life becomes more enjoyable. 
It becomes enjoyable because now I'm living with purpose. But I also have enough time to catch my breath and enjoy the journey of the purpose that I'm living. <laughs> I'm not so distracted by what I've got to do next that I can't enjoy what I'm doing now. And so I want to challenge you today. That last point says margin allows us to be, to become who we were created to be. You're a human being, not a human doing. You were created to be. You were created to be. And margin allows us to do that. When I get out of the rat race, all of a sudden, I can be refreshed, I can be refocused, I can be refueled, and I can actually be the person I want to be. I can be the person God created me to be. And then mission allows me to do the things I was created to do. And so I want to just challenge you today. Let's just bow our heads together. I want to challenge you today. If you're here and you're a believer, you're watching online and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to challenge you today. Are you living on mission? And are you living with margin? Has the mission of God, win souls, make disciples, destroy the works of the enemy, has that become the backdrop of your life or have you lost sight of what God's really called us to do? Again, God is not against your personal success. He's cheering for it. He just wants your accomplishments to produce kingdom advancements. Because he needs you to be who he called you to be. And every segment of society needs the hope of the gospel. You don't have to come out of your job. You just need to refocus in your job and your life and your ministry in order to live for the eternal. And then what area of your life needs the most margin right now? And I really want to challenge you to reflect this week. And I want to challenge you as we begin to make or break a habit for this 21 days. Let's make and break habits that create margin so we can live on mission. The second thing I want to do this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, is maybe you're here this morning and you realize something. Maybe you realize, Pastor Keith, I'm not living on mission and I don't have margin but I don't even know Jesus. And I'm on the outside looking in on this thing. And, and I know today without a shadow of a doubt that if I were to die this morning, I am not right with God. But today I believe. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again on the third day. And I want to commit my life to him. I want Jesus to have lordship, ownership of my life. And I want to commit myself today to follow him. And I want to receive the gift. I want to tell you something. Christianity, Jesus is not a luxury you can live without. He is a necessity that if you die without Christ, you will spend eternity separated from God. Not because God doesn't love you, but because you rejected the only hope of your salvation. So if you're here today or you're watching online and you say, Today, Pastor Keith, I want to accept Christ. I want to be saved. I want you just to do something really simple. Just raise your hand. Just slip your hand up all over this building. Right now online, you can just raise your hand this morning. Just hit that little hand emoji. Just type in that little chat box, I'm raising my hand. And right here, his hands are going up in the room right here. Our ushers are going to come. And if you're raising your hand, we're going to slip a little packet into your hand today because we want to give you a resource to help you take that next step. As hands are going up in the room today, I want to make sure that every person with their hand up 
gets a packet this morning. If you're raising your hand online, there's a link that you can click that simply says, hey, I, wanna, I, I made a decision and I, I want to take that next step in following Jesus. So right now we're going to pray together. And we're going to pray with those that raise their hands in person, those that raise their hands online. I want to ask everybody out loud to say it with me. Let's say it together out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins, rose again on the third day. I confess I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome to the family. Come on, let's give them a great big round of applause. We love you. We're so glad you're here. If you raised your hand in the house this morning, there's a card on the front of that packet that we gave you. If you take a minute and fill that out, you can give that to an usher on your way out today. I'd personally like to just follow up with you, welcome you into the family, and help you any way we can help you to take that next step in following Jesus. Well, Happy New Year. God bless you guys. We love you. Have a great day, and we will see you soon. Amen.